0: Gundam style, everyone. You're listening to Wow Cool Robot, a show where we talk about mobile suit Gundam, in particular, new mobile report Gundam Wing. My name is Jarrett or Jay. I am one of your co-hosts, and I use he and them pronouns.
1: My name is Julia. I'm another one of your co-hosts. I use she and they pronouns.
2: My name is Max. I am another one of your co-hosts, and I use he him pronouns. And grab your fucking space popcorn. It's time for movie night.
0: It's movie night, and I could not be more excited.
1: <laughs> hey, uh, this movie may have made up for the last, like, six episodes of this show. Yeah, I think they
2: might have, like, fucking uh, used Bites the Dust to go back in time and try it again and stuck the <laughs> yeah, landing.
0: Absolutely. They they took all of the same, like, general DNA that they had for the end of the show and were like, uh, one more again, actually. <laughs>
1: What if we did it good this time?
0: Yeah. What if we p-
2: showed that the world exists on a cycle, an wow. endless waltz, if you will?
1: Wow, God. you said the thing.
2: Genuinely, when they say that, though, it is good as hell. Oh, I clapped and I hooted and I hollered. Is the thing. about
1: I'm it. always a little bit of a monkey whenever like a thing gets name dropped. So, <laughs> uh-huh. <I get> it.
2: <laughs> neuron activated. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um. Wow. Okay. Um. For those of listener. Who haven't? That's a weird phrase.
1: <laughs> For those of listener. listener who
2: haven't listened to our other two movie episodes, that being Shars Counterattack and Hathaway, uh, we do things a little bit differently around these parts, where uh, we as- essentially are splitting the movie into acts. Um, I think it's roughly like when the original OVA split it up as well, just because it kind of makes sense how it was split up. Um, yeah. And we'll be giving a summary that, you know, a vague overview of the events. This is going in assuming that you've watched the movie. Like, d- watching 49 episodes along with us, you know, I, you can, you can, you don't need to, whatever. The movie, though, since we don't really want to, like, you know, double the episode length and spend time talking about every single bit of the movie in minutia, we're going to yeah. give the summary, and then, like, throughout the act, we're basically just going to, like, say, hey, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. And just kind of, you know, bring up the things that we care to talk about, because certainly... I mean movies pace pretty fucking tightly, I must say. Really For an is. hour and a half, they get yeah. a lot in. Yeah. But absolutely. you know we don't need to talk about every single thing. So if there's stuff we didn't talk about that you want to mention, um fuck. well, hmm. The mailbag might be closed by the time this episode goes out. No, I'm just kidding. We won't have recorded by then. If you're listening to this and it's like the Sunday that goes up or on Monday or whenever, you know, only a couple of days after this episode goes up, if there's something that you want us to talk about that we didn't in the movie, uh, put it in the mailbag. We have a, this is like by far the biggest mailbag we've ever had. So it's exciting.
0: Um, yeah. Things
1: keep coming in. It's cool to see. Uh, and I love then it. Uh, Jay posted something cursed and I'm, uh I, We don't great.
0: have to address it. I just, I don't think I've ever submitted uh, no, anything the to other yeah. mailbags, here's the other mailbags. Here's the thing.
2: So. We don't have to address it
1: yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: That's true. The the blood oath has requires us to address it at the requisite time. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, let's bask in to set our dial back to the year nineteen ninety eight. Right, I believe so. God dang, I think that's I was, correct. I was five years old. Um, and let's talk about gun up endless waltz. Let's do it. Uh, Julia, do you have the first summary?
1: I do. Part one of endless waltz. Also known as the Silent Orbit OVA. Ignoring the voice crack that just occurred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through so many puberties all at once. <laughs> Earth and the Colonies are united in peace as the Earth Sphere United Nation. Catra and Duo load the Wing Zero, Death Scythe Hell, Heavy Arms Kai, and Sandrock Kai into a colony that is being sent into the sun in order to destroy those Gundams permanently. Wufei, however, refused. At Colony X18999, Relina is attending a meeting, encouraging immigration to the new colony, where she is drugged and then captured by soldiers of the Maramea army. Deckham and Maramea Barton watch as their plan begins to unfold, while at the circus, Chara beats up several mysterious men who had came to watch, who are then revealed to be from the Barton Foundation security, and has a flashback of his own from before he had a name and was shown a picture of Maramea and her mother by none other than the real Troa Barton. Duo finds Hiro, and says he's leaving because Relina has been captured, and Sally tells Noin Relina has been missing since visiting that colony, so everyone is kind of on the same page at that point. Relina wakes up to meet young Maramea, who says her last name is Kusrenata, making her Tray's daughter. She says she is going to rule the world and follow in her father's footsteps. Deckem gives a speech to his soldiers about taking over Earth, and then points a gun at Troa, who had currently been disguising himself as a soldier of the Maramea army. Choro pulls his own gun and tries to shoot Dekim, only for Wu Fei to jump in between them, brandishing his tr- signature sword. While Duo and Hiro head off to X-1899, Hiro has his own flashback about destroying an alliance base and accidentally killing a young girl and puppy that he had met earlier in the day. Duo wakes him up as Marameo makes an announcement declaring x 1899s independence, from the Earth Sphere United Fied Nation and war on them. Zex shows up and asks Lady Un, who is now leading the Protectors, an organization uh, protecting the peace for the United Fied Nation, if he can join their group. Here in Duo approach X18999 while Catra and the Magnoat Corp leave in the transport ship in order to catch up with the Gundams and retrieve them, remembering that they were sent into the sun to be destroyed. Hero and Duo steal two space Leos from the colony and separate. Duo is attacked by a new model, Serpent, and realizes that it is Troa based on the fighting style. While Hero is attacked by Ultron, of course piloted by Fei, who asks him if he knows if he is doing the right thing.
2: Fucking good. It's good. I like yeah. it. It's good.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's such a beautiful setup. I... I know we kind of talked about this a little bit in the Discord, but they really, like, if you have not seen the show, they really just throw you into it, but they also Mm -hmm. waste no time getting started. It's such an effective setup how the movie
2: literally begins with Catra and Duo being like alright let's get rid of the Gundams and like as an audience you're to school like wait what the fuck that's what I can't I wanted to see them though (laughs) I wanted to see wow
0: cool robots well that's the thing is they I think they open with like the combat where it's the Gundams versus Libra and it's like oh do you remember how the show ended so you get some like really nice with the new fancy ass animation (laughs) it's so clean I don't remember the battle Libra looking this good yeah no it's it's super fucking sick. There's some amazing combat that we open with, and then it does move. Things into are a lot more else.
1: detailed too. Like there's a lot of smaller parts of the Gundam that are like are the uh, yes. Gundams and the mobile suits that are visible. Yeah, it's uh, really hey Jules. cool.
2: Hey Jules. Yeah. Would you say the Gundams are more greebled?
1: I would say <laughs> that
0: the Gundams are. I mean, um, by
2: definition, they get
0: yeah they are more greebled. Yeah. I I guess.
2: Uh, first order of business, since we see all the Gundams in this scene. Uh, the show is sort of gaslighting us into think, saying, hey, that's what the Gundams always looked like. Yeah. It's not. We're in a sort of Berenstein, Berenstain, Berenstain-type universe now where the Gundams look different in Endless Waltz because
0: they thought, hey, what if we draw them more badass? This is this is something that I really love about Endless Waltz is they kind of just, like, toy with the idea of canon because they're like, oh, this is the Death Scythe Hell, this is the Sandrock, this is what the, you know, the Ultron looks like. But this is... They really expect you to believe that's what they've always looked like because, like, Mm -hmm. to get a little ahead of us, there's a moment where we get a flashback of Wu Fei when he, like, first stole the Gundam, which Uh would have, it would have been the Shenlong Gundam, but it is the Ultron Gundam. Like, as it is in this movie, which I love. They're just like, like, it doesn't matter super a lot. It's fine. They've always looked like this, and it's cool. (laughs) It's, it's just like, I, who they
2: they all look fucking dope they look so i mean fucking sick w- wing zero is kind of the uh the main one here where the body is just like you know you look at it it has these like cool sort of its shoulders look like the sydney opera house in a way mm-hmm. um the elf ears are more pronounced now because they're blue i think they were white yes. in the show yeah they um, got changed it, it's it's roughly the same. Instead of the sort of mechanical wing binders in the back, they went to
0: church and said, hey, let's give this motherfucker some angel wings. Yeah, it has rad fucking angel wings now and it's cool as hell. And they did the same it's- thing for the Death Scythe as they altered its active cloak. So instead of, like, two uh, vents that lift up and go above and over, um, it is now literally, like, Batman-style, like, a <laughs> cloak that looks like bat wings and it could be your angle or your devil. It, these these two, I think, are the biggest flat upgrades from the original yes. designs like uh, heavy arms and sand rock basically just get a little bit of a recolor, if not some slight alterations to design. Ultron gets like the chest piece is essentially the same, but its colors are reformatted. It doesn't have the wings or the scorpion tail and it has the dragon heads, but they've been completely modified and don't look As, like, cool. They're not dragon heads, really, anymore.
2: I... I honestly... I really like how they changed Ultron. I never liked the wings on Ultron. Because they literally just looked like giant pieces of just, like, just spray paint This huge fucking chunk of metal white that doesn't really do anything. Um... The dragon arms... They they look more mechanical. They look a little more realistic. It's, like, once again, more obvious that the head is literally the same head that's on wing. Like, the elf ears are painted green for it. Right. Um... But I just, I mean, I'm a sucker for this that really sick two tone green they gave it. I and do the like bits that. Bits of yeah. red and yellow really pop on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just dope. And like, yeah, uh, I think specifically for 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 uh, Sandrock and for Heavy Arms, Sandrock instead of being like mostly white and black with some orange, is now this like nice shade of bluish purple, which I yes. quite like. Yeah. Um. And Heavy Arms, instead of orange and red, it is now, like, teal and dark blue.
0: Yeah. And it I, has it has twice as many guns. I really like all of the, like, color palette changes they
2: did. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice way of, like, it's a nice way of, refreshing the designs. I mean, here's the thing. Byproduct is probably the main reason why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: You gotta get the new ones.
2: We gotta get the new I mean, and hey... It fucking worked because I'm looking at my shelf of Gunpla and wouldn't you see that? Oh, I do have the Wing Zero uh, Endless Waltz version on
0: my shelf real grade because cool wing. I have <laughs> the uh, Endless good. Waltz Verka Master Grade that released last Fuck year. Yeah um that i built last winter uh it is doing the wing pose like it's the, doing the pose the wings Oh, you open. mean the pose where it
2: sticks where where it sticks its buster's rifle out to the side and spins around
0: yes that exact one
2: <laughs> <laughs> hero signature move um god i think like the the gundams they're cool but like we really do not get any gundam action until the second act of the movie yes that, yeah, that mm-hmm. is true it's such a cool idea of like just teasing you being like you know they're gonna have to get into gundams eventually so it Mm -hmm. sets up this really good future plot thread of hey we sent our gundams on a meteorite hurtling towards the sun fuck
0: if you if you were like half paying attention during that first combat scene maybe you didn't notice the changes to the gundam or something like that and so like you just see the faces of the gundams through these like Borderline cryopods, they're like this. body bags. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, wait, something those that doesn't look the same. What's different? The Death Site doesn't it's, have the filigree on the helmet. What's going on?
2: Yeah, it's really funny too, because it's like, if this is an abandoned, like, mind out asteroid, and they're sending it towards the sun, do they really need to like secure the Gundams in these weird coffin things? Yeah, like probably no, not. Because they just
1: just put it on the colony, like, just yeah. like kind of rest them down there. It's fine. I mean, space. and to
0: to, like, yeah, to be could, fair, they could have just detonated them. They were in space. They could have just yeah, okay. detonated them. It was so ceremonial that they were going to send them into the sun. I
2: know it. it it's such this. It's a weird gesture because we need to believe in the the future world of peace. Uh, so, what's that gathering storm on the horizon?
0: Yeah, though? I, I want to anyway, say. Anyway, let's two not worry things. about that for now. One <laughs> time is completely fake in this movie uh because this is like it's supposed to be like christmas eve 196 essentially like it's supposed to be like a full year later a year later yeah a year and two days um and they're they they beginning of the movie they launch the gundams towards the sun and they're like okay it'll take like 50 days for them to get there 50 days uh, but like by the time Katra has to go and intercept it, they've gotten so close to Mercury and the Sun that mm-hmm. like it's heating up inside this asteroid. So, and, and then they turn it around and manage to get back there in like the matter of a couple hours. Time is super super fake in this movie. It doesn't matter. Don't think about it too much.
2: Like it it, it this is highlighted so much for me because I've just started watching The Expanse. A extremely hard sci-fi show, yeah, where so much is rooted in like real physics. And then I watch this, and they're like, "Don't fucking worry about it. Buy our gunpla." That's that's something. Yes, please.
0: That like they started talking about the calculations for like the the asteroid that they were on, the resource satellite they were on to get to the sun, and they did all this other math and started talking about it, uh, especially. When, like, the second act started and Katra's talking to the Magronak about, like, they need to get there and they have to do these specific calculations about fuel and everything. It's like, oh, cool, like, actual hard sci-fi. They're talking about the specific information. That's very neat. And then it also absolutely doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. Don't worry about it.
1: They Come wanted on. it in there to at least give the semblance that they were going to give a shit about it. And then they right. immediately were like, no, 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 no. We have some things we need to do. Yeah, Exactly.
2: Um, but but again, I, I really do like that the Gundams aren't featured at all in the first act because it just kind of, it, it allows the characters to be characters yes, outside yeah. of the death machines.
0: It's Chekhov's Gundam. Um, Very good. And it is it is a payoff that's worth it when we get to see them again later. Oh, so. the
2: pay, the payoff is so good. Oh, God. Um, I, something that I want to sort of talk about, uh, a, a main topic here. Trey's Fucked.
0: Yeah, uh, no, he actually did No, he didn't. That's my favorite Specifically, part of this. Like,
1: so this is- the, the whole thing is that he, like- The, the first sorry, time we
0: meet Marinea, evil Maneva, um, <laughs> the, the first- She time is we so meet her, fucking Maneva, it's insane. She looks exactly like Maneva Zavi, and I'm not gonna do the voice, but you can do it, you know, if you want to, by yourself. My
2: name is Mawamaya Kutwinada.
0: <laughs> Thank you. The first time we see her is in like Troa's flashback, isn't it? Because we find out her name is Maramea Barton. Barton, and then they immediately go like, uh-huh, "I'm Kushinada now." Yeah, and it's like, wait, uh, th- is the show lying to me? Is the movie lying to me? What's going on? No, I'm being gaslit again.
2: It's it's because Trey's fucked the real Troa's mother.
1: Oh my god, sister cuz cuz
0: Murmaya uh Troa's niece by relation. So it would be yeah. Yes, be uh, yes, Trays,
2: Trey's fucked the real okay. Troa's sister. That makes that so, makes more so sense. So Tra- Trey's is her father and also her mother is Leia Barton.
0: Okay. So, so
2: she's Maramaya Kushnarata. Well, Traz definitely did Barton. Leia
0: Barton if he had a child. Um Zinger. <laughs> I'm <laughs> but, nodding. I'm nodding and smiling. Uh um, yeah. Okay. Okay. That is that is adding up. So they probably called her Mary Maryam Barton the first time we saw them because Trey's was like not in the picture. He wasn't being an active father. He just kind of <laughs> he's a deadbeat dad because he wanted to do war instead. Yeah. He he didn't learn about sports and wanted to do
2: World War Four instead. It is like so much of the movie is predicated on things that were never even mentioned in the show. Absolutely. That's fine on paper but it's just like the magnitude of the things they don't mention until the movie
0: is like it it, the whiplash is just so intense it is a little wacky it it is unfortunate they they like really like aside from kind of copy pasting the end of Gundam (laughs) Wing again uh (laughs) they take a lot of stuff that was either subtext or just like maybe in the plot bible somewhere and then just mm-hmm. throw it onto the page and say this is text now so you know by the way like yeah it it's
2: i mean it's hard to reconcile it because so much of Gundam Wing and any future Gundam series after the original UC trilogy is really harkening back to it mm-hmm. so of course you need Maramaya here you need that link back to the uh the Wing show from the movie which is the mm-hmm. the equivalent of a uh, of, of Willow Menyeva Yabby little <laughs> Dozel's kid after Dozel fucking beefs it but it's just like they wouldn't have been able to have that same antagonist it was just Dekeem Barton because yeah. again he has fucking no relation to the characters we learned that well, so a, yeah, he, well we, he, he does Tro have a relation dad, to the characters but like kind of <laughs> he has a relation to the characters in that one of the characters killed his kid yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, well, it's that's, so that's... hard for me to affect to like, I, I don't necessarily want Mary May to be the villain because she comes out of nowhere. But at the same time, I'm so glad it wasn't like Miliardo's was like, hey, I'm evil again.
0: Like, right. I'm glad it was someone new, at least. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. One of the things that really like they pulled out of left field is the Barton family's significance um Mm -hmm. oh it was it was made very very apparent that like the winner family was this massive wealthy family Mm -hmm. in the series and it ended up being very important katra has multiple sisters who are like essentially like helping run colonies after their father died and their father was this like multi-billionaire who was helping distribute resources to people of the colonies and he cared very deeply for the people of the colonies um but like That if the name Barton, like the Barton Foundation, was such a big thing, we should have heard about it at some point during the series, and they just kind of pull it out of left field, and they're like, "Oh, hey, here's this entire backstory for a character you've known for forty nine episodes." You know what? I think I, as you said, that I realized I
2: want I want her to be Maramea Kushanada Dash winner. Yeah, I we already knew the like. We like because because the big reveal in the movie, one of them is just the Barton Foundation is like they're the ones who kind yeah. of conceived of Operation Meteor. Um, if it was the fucking Winter family and Trey's boned one of Catra's older sisters, that would be great. That would make so much more. sense. I think sense. that
1: through line would have made more sense and been stronger because we already attached and 100%. like understand that as a plot point. Yeah, and and, and like it a meshes, constant. It,
2: yeah, and it runs so against Katra being the most peaceful of the Gundam mm-hmm. boys in that his Absolutely. niece is like, I want to do World War Four. Fuck yeah. yeah, this rules. Yeah.
0: But that, that adds another layer of like, it, you know, Katra's family, you know, ha- had they made Dakim like maybe an uncle or something in the Winter family. It, he's so completely opposed to what his father yeah, had been yeah. doing in the colonies. That would be phenomenal because it's like that interfamily politics, which makes it even more personal to a character we already know and love very much. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just... It, this is the this is the Troa movie
2: because like not
0: only it's do we, so have family, yeah. we
2: have reveals about the Barton family, we have reveals about Troa in that he's just a fucking
1: guy. He's just some dude that wanted to do a violence. Yeah. He
2: like... So, the, the I think he's the first flashback, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, because we learn Trooparton, he's no name. The real Troa Barton is like some dude in his fucking 30s yeah. who was part of the original Operation Meteor crew. And when literally everyone else involved in Operation Meteor was like, hey, maybe this isn't a b- good idea. Troa was like, I want to kill a billion people. And then the No Name <laughs> shot him and is like, I'm Troa now. Mine well, now. No, I'm the Gundam boy.
0: It's No Name didn't oh, even actually shoot Oh, no, that's right. It wasn't him. even Troa it was it who guy shot man. him. It was another guy and no name was literally just working on the heavy arms and like he was just like an engineer. and he's like, I love this mobile suit too much for you guys to do something this stupid with it. I will take it, but I'm not trying to take over the world. That I think that reveal is one of
2: my favorite parts of the movie. It explains so well why Operation Meteor failed because it
0: was just literally a bunch of uncoordinated kids. Well, no, I, I, I'm I'm so sorry to cut you off, but. It makes me love what Operation Meteor is at the beginning of Wing even more. One of the best examples of it is during Katra's flashback way later, because you see orders come in for the original Operation Meteor, and the doctor working with Katra smashes the orders and gives yeah. ca- like basically gives Katra the keys, and he's like, We're we're doing this different. We're not we're not gonna follow that plan. We're not doing the original Operation Meteor. We are going to change things. And that's what happened at the beginning of Wing is they kept getting these different orders and they were targeting Oz specifically instead of following through on that initial idea. In- instead of just laying fucking waste to the Earth. It, yeah. Because,
2: be- because, I mean, part of Operation Meteor was to drop Wufei's colony on Earth and that mm-hmm. failed. It was like blown up in space, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was like, I think I would remember a colony drop in Wing if it would have happened.
1: It yep. did they tried again, but
2: no. They tried it because they fucking we, we love Gundam. And that's not even Star's <laughs> Counter-Attack. That's just like backstory for the original Gundam story. Yeah. We're going to drop it on fucking After Colony Australia. um, But it's just... it's So much of this recontextualizes all the things that happened in Wing. And it makes me like retroactively love it so much more because... Yeah it really felt like they sat down and they're like okay we'll make an OVA we'll sell them some new kits but also we
0: want to try and fix as much of the story as we can they did they did help tug on a lot of narrative threads that were set in the beginning that kind of fell apart and it's not it's not perfect they don't line up perfectly i feel like it's uh it's like the adventure zone balance like towards the end they're pulling on stuff that they technically set up in the beginning that like We didn't really think they were going to deliver on or we didn't, you know, we didn't know how they were going to deliver on it. But they they managed to find some really good places to connect things. And I really, really love that.
2: Yeah, they they didn't start Gundam Wing with the intention of making endless waltz. But by making endless waltz, they like retroactively tied up a lot of things into a nice little bow. Yeah, like there's still things they could
1: have done better, but I think they did a wonderful job overall. Yeah.
2: I Um, I
0: think everyone would agree with you. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) One of the things I quite like is, you know, so so this is a peaceful world. No one's fighting anymore. But they still, the show still effectively states that, like, you need some manner of force to maintain this peace. Right. As we we, see in the Preventers. Yes, Um, I think, Julia, you said they're called the Protectors in the dub. Um, Yeah. They were called the Preventers in the, the version I watched. Oh, interesting. M- maybe it's an OVA only thing. And when the movie they consolidated it, oh, um, uh, maybe that
1: might be part of why I was uh, getting it back and R- forth.
2: Protector, preventer, it's the P word. Um, yeah. The it, the main preventers we see are Un, Sally, and Noin. It's yeah, just yeah, like just girl cool. bossing. <laughs> I fucking love it. And like their whole thing is literally flying around space putting out fires. Their whole thing is like the, the metaphors that Noin always speaks in is that like we're just putting out fires before it can ignite into another
0: war. And it's just like, it's such a good use for their characters of absolutely. I, it works so perfectly for Sally in particular, in my opinion.
2: Yes. Like a gorilla fighter turned into like sort of kind of also gorilla fighting, like just kind of sneaking around a lot and just like zip zoom into different places and like Mm -hmm. covertly, stopping all this shit from happening mm-hmm. it's just it just is such a good way to use their characters because it's like what else are they gonna do i don't want to see un and sally and Noin just like sitting on their asses and then they're like one last job when Miramea yeah. <laughs> starts shit up like i'm glad that they are actively demonstrating that they've like, been busy for a year mm-hmm. it, it's this sh- it's it's one of the many ways the, sh- the 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 movie effectively is like yeah absolute pacifism is possible but you can't use pacifism to ensure yeah. it in this sort of universe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. God,
2: this is a good movie. I like this one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's two two things I just want to address about, like, the first act that I mm. think are just, like, quick one-off little things. So, Relina was shown at the end of Wing, like, being a delegate and continuing to work in politics. And that's very much the case still. And the introduction scene with her is her talking to a bunch of, like, old white dudes and immediately she gets drugged and passed out and kidnapped. And then the next scene after that is Hiro talking to Duo. And he's like, Relina has been kidnapped. And we have no idea where he's <laughs> getting that information. But he knows I immediately. Know. And I just... is a fucking sixth sense. It's so close to being like a smash cut from one thing to the next that it made me laugh. Like, decently hard. It's just like, he just fucking knows, doesn't he? <laughs> and, uh... It's... The the other thing is with uh, the introduction of Merimea, we get more child war criminals, which is yeah, let's go my baby, and she's even younger gunna. than the rest of them.
2: Yeah, how old is she? Like twelve? <laughs> I think she's like ten or twelve. Oh no, hold on, I'm on the wiki. She's seven. Even better. Yeah, that
1: yeah. actually that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because uh, well, of, my one name of the
2: is Merimea I'm seven years old, a little baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when she's introduced, she's talking to Relina, and she's like. You know, adults say like I'm just a child, and there's a world that I don't understand. So, like, I don't get it. But you know, I I want to anyway, do war. what my dad did. It's cool, right? It's just like I.
2: It's insane. She basically like she's being puppeteered by Dekim. Dakeem. Dekim's the 100%. real sort of mastermind here. Mermaid Me is the figurehead. And again, this 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 harkens back to Zeta and Double Zeta Gundam, where. Mineva is just a, a, a figurehead when Haman is the one really in power there. Um, but it's it like, you know, I, I guess her sort of like claiming legitimacy via Treza's name is like the reason why she's being used as a figurehead. But it's it's just like what is her thing once again to take over earth and take over fucking everything and like force peace that way and like that's what she believed her
0: father's will was effectively I truly could not tell you what she thinks the motives are cuz her whole thing I don't thing... think that's
1: ever made clear outside of following in trace footsteps is like she repeats that two or three times I think yeah the the like... most
0: the most we get is that like, Dekim wants to do the original Operation Meteor, a colony drop, and somehow that's following Trey's vision of, uh, I don't know, like... <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> by by the end of the show, I don't think I could have told you what Trey's vision was, aside from, like, trying to unify people with one big battle, and mm-hmm. what Dekim is doing is not... Following that in any way, shape, or form, so I don't know what the fuck Marimea thinks she's doing. Yeah, it 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 feels like her naivete is sort of
2: being taken advantage of. Yeah, and there's a line later. Yeah, and there's a line later in Act Three that we're going to discuss when it comes (laughs) up over who Marimea really is. Yeah, she even is Trey's daughter, Mm -hmm. but it's just like. It feels more that she was introduced to be yet another allegory back towards Gundam because this is like th- this is even more blatant than the Shars counterattack shit at the end of the show. But it doesn't make me as
0: mad because it's not Shars counterattack. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, the colony drop stuff in this makes more sense now, like being recontextualized like, oh, that's what Operation Meteor is supposed to be that's what it was the whole time instead of turned weird. into something different
1: it does give a lot of context that we were missing outside of just like the narrator talking about yeah. it yeah mm-hmm. it it really does flesh out a lot for like going back and watching it cuz this is the first time i've watched the movie mm-hmm. second time i've watched through wing uh wing to the end many times i've watched the vast majority of wing um <laughs> it does kind of fill in a lot of gaps which is which is cool yeah
0: yeah and the the other thing that I feel like might be copied from CCA in terms of, like, Dakim's plan is... I'm trying to remember what the line is. He says he wants to drop the colony to, like, force humanity into a new era or something along those lines. And that never gets expanded upon. It's like the Soul of Space stuff that Katra talks about during Wing. It's He just kind of says it and it's like, yeah, sure, like, whatever, but... It's like trying to follow Maramea's following Trace's vision. It, like, it's just something someone says and you're like, sure, whatever. I'm here to see the robots.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, It's effective. And like, it, I don't even know if it's in the, um, I'm going to search in my notes. Okay, no, it's it's not even until the third act is when she says the the fucking line of history. It's like an endless waltz. Yeah, yep. But it's it's just like it really feels like another thing this movie does right is the characters aren't quite speaking their ideologies aloud for everyone to fully understand yeah, explicitly. They're doing it. Certain some characters still do yes. buffet, but <laughs> God it's they're getting a grasp on subtlety that I think the show doesn't know how to use. Yeah.
1: I think this this is the first Part that they actually like can kind of step back from that a little bit because we have 49 episodes of context to like what a lot of these people are thinking yeah and so when people are consistent that still works when they start doing weird things but we don't have any of the information about what's going on then it gets a little hinky
2: but mm-hmm. yeah and honestly the movie doesn't really explore many characters arcs because almost all of them had been completed mm-hmm. the biggest Absolutely. one the biggest one is wufei and i guess that's why he's the one who's still spouting his own ideologies because his story wasn't really tied up
1: he, he ran off <laughs> and then he, he we killed like, right,
2: cool. trey's and yeah, he ran off. And 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 they mention in the first scene that he didn't give his Gundam up. He still has Ultron. Like, he's still figuring out what the fuck his deal is. Um He's not the only one who also has a Gundam still, because I was really surprised when I realized that Miliardo has such a small part in the movie, honestly. I know. He's he, he's just think, there to look pretty, and that's all I need him there for. <laughs> I he's I love his fucking it's not even a reveal we hear his voice and i think we see his mouth
0: move and he's like i'm gonna call me wind just yeah he wind shows, puts he out shows up in un's office and he's he's just the most dramatic piece of shit and uh lady un gets cut off she's like but you're and then it goes to the next scene or whatever it's very funny yeah <laughs> it's just like it's, that's that's how they reintroduce him like we we thought he fucking died yeah. yeah, there's
1: there's no ceremony to it at all. Yeah, it's he's just, just here, this, like this like three quarter angle, like mostly shaded, <laughs> shadowed image of him. It's, and then they move on quickly.
2: Yeah, it's yep. it's so wild. Um, let's see. I do like the uh, heroes flashback because each board gets a flashback. Mm-hmm. Like Troa's is is the real Troa dying and No Name becoming Troa. Heroes is. <laughs> Very. First of all, does the dog die? Dot com. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: sorry. He, that website he, like fucking like, lied to me. He's. T- it's fucked up because uh,
2: the dog dies. He, Hero's like frolicking almost. He's tumbling down a hill in a colony, and like a little girl goes up to him, and and she has a little puppy, and, and she's like you know saying hi to him and talking to him and stuff, and, and like, he like later the that, dog
1: and it's a cute dog. It's
2: a cute fucking tiny puppy. And later that night, he blows up the facility because he's a cool, badass child soldier. And, like, something fucks up in the explosion and, like, a suit falls or something
0: falls. A suit falls
1: over, it knocks into a building, and the building is kind of domino.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It basically goes from him successfully, like, completing this mission of destroying, like, a military installation on a colony to him accidentally destroying, like, four city blocks. Yeah. And in the remains of that, he finds this girl's puppy and her like scorched teddy bear which i don't know why that keeps being a repeating image throughout Wing. i
2: know th- th- this is like the exact set piece of the opening it of the really show is, too. which is it's like a very the, fun the, the ash falling like snow and and like the tattered flag and the yeah. teddy bear no dead dog in the fucking show's opening thankfully but it's just like but this it's, is
0: it's it goes from that to um i think like dr j and you know like another voice talking as hero is like basically shutting down emotionally. I want to so, say,
1: even when you're not trying to do it, you kind of give it the little the doctor. Oh, yeah, that was, Dr. J. That was Dr. on purpose. J. Um, okay, okay, good. But yeah,
0: no, it, it this this whole thing is like pre Operation Meteor Hero. So he was yes. this like assassin or whatever the fuck he was doing. Uh nobody talked to me about Frozen Teardrop. Um and he like we saw him. He was a happy kid for a little bit. Like, aside from still being, like, a weird murder machine kid, he was happy. And he he fucked up, and he killed that dog, and it changed him, and he shut down emotionally, and he literally never recovered from that. Yeah, like, yeah. it. it's so effectively shows why
2: he's like that. Yeah. Poor kid. Um, let's see. Oh, another... <laughs> other fucking funny moment i want to bring up is, is later when they try and infiltrate um x18999 well, okay uh, i do
0: need to know is it three nines or is it two nines three nines okay perfect thank you yeah uh, if
1: i fucked it up during my reading i apologize oh yeah. uh, no, it,
0: it, you gotta it write it every worry. time it, it, it
2: it's it's a it's a large number of nines but So, 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 you know, at some point, Hero and Duo infiltrate X-18999, and they they, they steal some
0: mobile suits to, you know, fight their way in. Well, I do want to highlight Hmm. they have this wonderful action set piece where Duo is piloting just like a transport ship. They have no weapons, and he is flying like a madman, uh, and Noin is backing them up with, like, missiles and whatnot. Uh, but it is it is a very cool scene because it's just Duo piloting like a fucking champion. Uh, yeah, he looks and over and to hero like, for approval. It's a cool
1: thing with like here, yeah, like here, like, like says, "No, I absolutely trust you to fly this." Like, and Duo's just like, "Oh, thanks." yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so
0: good. Yeah, and then they they sneak on board and they're immediately in mobile suits. We don't even see them like steal them or anything. They're just in them.
2: That, yeah, the movie wastes no time, the kicking ass.
1: We get
0: some and we, we glorious see, space Leo action. This is it looks so for, for anyone sick. who has wondered why I love specifically the purple Leo so much. This, it's this. It's literally this moment. It's so fucking sick. They're zip-zooming around,
2: and like, you know, we see the serpent, the new suit, which is very obviously based on heavy arms, because it has the double Gatling gun, it's a big chunkster. And this I laugh my fucking ass off because, you know duo's pinned down by by the serpent and he's like i know this style of combat yes yeah, he realizes it's troa standing it's still just and like,
0: shooting over and over again yeah that's troa
2: because it's just that's just, it's so fucking it's funny to me no one one's
1: arm out to get that. gun <laughs> just know, go in <laughs> just,
2: and the thing is is it always fucking works it works against duo i mean to be fair Duo's not in. he's not the god of death right now but it's just like good lord it is
0: hysterical yeah it it fucking rules and i think that'll actually pretty smoothly move us up to section two yeah i i don't really have anything
2: else to talk about because like Wu is joined mayor maya but like we have more to say on him in the second
0: and third act i think yeah absolutely it, it's more of just like a nod to the fact that he's there yeah yeah Jules, was there this, anything
1: else you wanted to bring up no i think uh we covered most of it especially since we're going to talk more about um Wufei and, and the later parts as well.
2: Yeah. Alright. Hit it. Part 2.
0: <coughs> Katra and the Maganak plan an incredibly precise maneuver to get the Gundams back faster than originally planned. Zex makes his debut on the battlefield once again, after being, you know, dead for a year. We learn what Operation Meteor was like meant to be, and that it was originally Dakim's idea and was, in fact, to drop a whole colony on the Earth specifically as retribution against the assassination of hiro yui i believe and the barton foundation wants to i believe spur on a new age of humanity what happens is hiro and you uh jesus katra manages to board and turn around the gundam disposal ship while duo troa and Hiro all manage to stop the colony from actually moving towards the earth Relina, who has been kidnapped and is talking with Maramea, realizes what Maramea's plan is, which is to drop a colony, and Hiro sets off to meet the Wing Zero ahead of the other Gundam pilots.
2: Yeah, <laughs> robot some,
0: time. some chopping on that one, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fine. Um The the end of this segment in particular. Oh my god. Like to just, oh my to just jump right into the end of it. The it it's so fantastic. This This is, all of the pieces are set up, things are moving, shit is happening. The second act of this movie flew by. I know. My notes are so much shorter than the third act.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, time-wise, it is also the shortest of the three. By the way, I split it up. But even so. True. Um, God. God. So, I like... I, I think first order of business, I like that the Maganacs are here yeah. more so than how they just showed up at the end of the show, because here they're actively, like, helping Katra fly. Mm-hmm. Can some... Who the fuck is honking outside nonstop? <laughs> I'm recording a podcast about robots. Please. Yeah, bastards. Um, <laughs> um, but, but I like their role here as this, like, you know, more, like... Support group. Yeah, no, this is... Not not like that, it, but... It is you know. a lot
0: more reminiscent of, like, the first time we met them. They are, they are just here to help Katra. They know what he's here for. They know what he's trying to do, and they just want to help him as much as they can because they know he's just trying to help the planet. Yeah, like... It's. I don't even think we literally see the Maguinec mobile suit
2: itself. It's just the guys, so, yeah. and I really like that.
0: Yeah, I I love seeing Abdul and Rashid and all of them. It's so nice. They're buddies because they like. Another aspect is they kind of bring like this jovial and familial aspects. They're they're just mm-hmm. they're so pleasant to have around. And. If if we
2: were able to f- rewrite history and change it so Meira is 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 Katra's uh, nephew mm-hmm. or her niece instead of the real Troas, that would make the Macquinnax role so much more effective in that. Yes, we are hired by your father, but we're siding with you. Yeah, like we're not siding with the evil part of your family. We're siding with the good part of your family. Absolutely. God, why?
1: Why the hell? Why the hell wasn't
0: no one? No one sent questions about how to make endless waltz better. We figured it out.
1: Yep, we're already good. <laughs> Um, Do we ever do we honestly get that sort of vibe anywhere else in this show that we get between the closest thing
0: would maybe be like Troa, Catherine and like the ringleader? Um, Yeah, because the circus cares about Troa and Catherine loves Troa.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah,
0: you mean Troa's real sister. (laughs) Yeah, Troa's (gasps) real actual sister,
2: by the way. He was Triton, and they got separated when they were like five or whatever. So Catherine Bloom is no-name, Troa Barton, the, the boy with the bangs. They are literal actual siblings, long-lost reunited siblings. It's phenomenal, and and, and she never knew him. They couldn't have like, told us that anyway else? Yeah, nope. it's... <laughs> it's just, it's so inconsequential, but I still love it, just because... It's, it's most just like, you know, Endless Waltz shit in Endless Waltz. It's a nice twist of fate that they get happiness together. It
0: is, yeah, it is exactly one of those things that, like, oh, like, you know, they have such a sibling relationship. Oh, well, guess what? They're actually fucking siblings. Can you believe it? We got you!
2: Pranked! God. Um, I liked the whole, um interstellar sequence of Catra having to get on the asteroid before it, you know, gets too yes, far away because okay. he's like bringing it back from the brink.
0: So like right at the beginning of this segment, it's it's Katra and the Maguanak basically planning the like heist, the space heist they're going to do. Um yeah, it's a little bit of like planning and talking um and it's it's unfortunately not them talking over it happening because that would have been sick. Um, you know, I just love that like montage style, B- but B- <laughs> they they mention like oh we can propel ourselves along a different course like slingshot around mercury turn around and then we will have a five second window to get people on that disposal ship mm-hmm. and katra's like i will go alone and all of the magwinak are like are you are you fucking serious <laughs> but yeah i i love that heist moment because They launch, like, a connection cable for Katra to fly over on. And shit goes wrong. It doesn't go smoothly. And, like, everyone panics. He, like, hits his head on something. And there's a brief moment where they're in the control room just waiting for him to respond. And it is so genuinely tense. It's You think he cracked
2: his helmet open or something.
0: Yeah, it's... it's such a minor moment in the movie, but it's done so well. Like even the lighting, because they're so much closer to the sun, everything is just this absolutely overblown white. Everything that's not that is like pitch black. It's, it's lovely. It's f- fantastic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- And this is also when we get Catra's sort of
2: flashback here. Yes. Um, where professor H like he gets the operation meteor, uh, things and fucking smashed it and he like breaks the microphone and he's like alright listen here young man do what you think is right good luck say change the world my final message yeah really like he, he has a little line where he thinks that sending Catra to Earth like that without the real operation meteor is like maybe a crueler f- destiny for him than operation meteor was, I guess right. just because the hardship of forging your own path in this world of struggles, the, or something the potential along those lines.
0: hardships he would have to go through in order to reform the planet instead of just annihilating it, you know? Mm-hmm. But like that, that was a moment that I was just absolutely clapping. Cause it's like, that is where it very clearly ties. Hey, Operation Meteor was to do a colony drop, but that's why the Gundam pilots were acting so oddly and independently once they got on Earth. They were receiving, like, mission updates and all of that because those five doctors, those five professors, whatever, were working together to try to coordinate, like, a different plan to get rid of Oz to try to strike at the source rather than just throwing a colony at the planet and wanton destruction yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah and that that moment where they they tie all of that shit together in this movie i, I just it hits so fucking hard i loved it so much it's it's it it really is
2: like the one of the best possible ways they could have reframed everything about the series absolutely like it it is shocking to me how much better of a ribbon on top of wing endless waltzes than Char's counterattack is to UC in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, Let's see. So a- a- at some point um, on Dekim's satellite, because Dekim, Dekim is in MO... MO3. Uh, so mo three, Yeah, not MO2.
0: MO2 was the right. one that was orbiting at the end of the wing. Right. And that got mm-hmm. annihilated. Uh, and then MO3 is the one that Dekim is on... Prepping to send it, it stuff. It looks to
2: Earth. like a look like a fucking Mario Galaxy star bit. It does. It's very like
0: bumpy it's and so spiky weird is and cool pointy.
2: looking. <laughs> for for uh, no a, reason. Yeah, a, around that point in the movie, we, we were learning that Dekim is essentially going to do Operation Meteor 2. Right. But for real, like he's going to drop X18999 and he's going to send in not five Gundams, but an entire fucking battalion of serpents to, you know, dominate mm-hmm. and control Earth. So this is when we need to start stopping them. And if you thought that the serpents were the only new mobile suit in this movie, aside from the new Gundam designs, I have a big letter three to show you. Uh, Three (laughs) is not a letter. (laughs) Fuck.
0: I cannot believe how fucking fun they made this entrance. So, yeah, you know, Zex is back and you're like, okay, uh, what's he going to do? Oh, he's going to get in the Tall Geese 3. This thing's introduction is so goddamn sick. It comes out of nowhere, lightning count goddamn fast, and just starts slicing and dicing, destroying ships that are, like, deploying to Earth to destroy serpents. And it has this flyover sequence Where it flies over, like, a window out of MO3, and you just see its Mm -hmm. visor and face, and the visor, like, lights up and flickers, and then it flies away. Very, very cool. It's so dramatic, and it's so badass.
2: This thing, so, if this thing had, I think, we we talk about this in the show. We, We all kind of agree Tall Geese 1 is better than Tall Geese 2. Yes. I think if this thing had a better color scheme, it would, like, blow Tall Geese 1 out of the water for me because like it, it it takes all the bits of tall geese so okay literally the 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 torso the legs and the arms up until the shoulders are all like you know it's what you expect it's like almost entirely white and i think that's my biggest problem with it is it's a little bit too white it's it it's needs too a little much bit. white i definitely agree yeah um and it still has the blue accents that tall geese too had but less of it so it the white stands out a bit more, but I, I I think that more of the suit, again, my criticism of the Talgies too, it could be more gray or black or whatever, have you know, an yeah. accent color, but it it has, its shoulders are these really, really, like, wide, like, uh, sort of semicircles that are just, like... I don't e- I guess they're hard points for the weapon attachments. Yeah. So because
0: the, the shoulder design specifically, there's still that same sphere on the inside, but instead of just having like the one like shoulder pad point on the pauldron, it is this new, like larger pauldron that wraps around that joint yeah. for the hard points for the uh the shield and heat whip combination. Hey, Epion, I see you. And it's just Epion Tech. And the Upgraded, not Dober Gun. It is a fucking railgun uh attached yep. to this thing. It's the fucking V8 cannon. Yeah, it it is a far superior version of the V8 cannon too. It's so fucking rad. I I I love the Tall Geese 3 uh design-wise because they changed the faceplate to be a bit more menacing. And Max, you mentioned it's it has scary. It has like the Psycho Gundam 2 mouth where the faceplate like disconnects just a little bit like an evil smile almost and instead of the blue visor it has this beautiful green visor uh and then instead of the like red centurion on top it has this blue like i i don't i can't tell if it's actually metal in the movie or not i'm pretty sure it is but it's this it is this blue streak attached to this trident v-fin which i i am fucking gaga for that v-fin i love it so much it is such a cool like emblem to have on its head to differentiate Mm. it from the other ones and then the backpack the verniers on its back are are just blue they are like one of the only color accents outside of that other stuff and it is it's just such a slight change but it's such a welcome change for the tall geese specifically Mm
2: -hmm. it it is this thing beats so much ass like, milliard was just cleaning house as he flies it around, yeah. and he even talks to himself, there's still a place for a man who can't get used to peace. Yeah, it's so, so he's, good. He's not, certainly not happy he has to become a preventer and stop war from happening, but he's happy he's back in talkies. He's
0: happy he has a reason to fight, and it's going to be beneficial for everyone. I also, yeah. um, the preventer astro suits I'm a big fan of, they are like they're they're so odd because they have these weird like piping on like the chest to the back for whatever reason um but the like his is like this entire blue thing with these gray and black accents around it it's just uh, it's so nice to not see just like a boring single color suit you know Mm-hmm. it's rad um yeah,
2: it's funny. I'm looking at my notes, and there really is not a whole lot that happens in this in, in this part of the movie. Like, yeah, Dekim escapes. Uh, they blow up. They, they disable X one eight nine nine nine. Yeah, so they it can't be like, dropped on
0: Earth. So Troa was in like Dekim's army or whatever. And he got like found out by Dekim, but then still also was like able to pilot a serpent and work on their side. He did the thing he did in the show where he like quote unquote defected to the other side, but then yeah, was just yeah. sabotaging. It's from called the inside. acting. <laughs> it's it's Troll is such a um, dramatic bitch, and we love him.
1: We love that for it's him. Cr- <laughs> it's great.
0: Um. So, oh,
2: God, I'm like looking. To I, I mean, that really, that
0: really is it. Like the other things that happened is. Um, Zex and Noin reunite. They have like a one little moment. Hey, it's fucking Christmas time. It starts snowing and the serpents are dropping in. Uh, and then it kind of moves pretty quickly to the end of this sequence where Katra has turned around the disposal ship and uh, gets signal from Duo to launch the Wing Zero uh, separately and he sends it off. And, like, it really, it wraps up from point A to point B pretty quickly. Um, It's kind of (laughs) wild.
2: Yeah, Act 3 is where, like, the real meat of it is. This is, like, this good interstitial part. But, like, if I was back in the 90s watching the OVAs, I would have finished this and I'd be like, that was... uh, The pace, like, you know, nothing really gets resolved in As a by-itself
1: thing, like, it's like a solo OVA, I think it would have left me wanting. But as... As, like, kind of like, meet between Act One and Three, I think it's perfect because you do get to, like, breathe for a second.
2: Exactly. It, it, it's breathing room until it starts going fucking in. It, it, it is a really sets good
0: up, continuation of the setup. Yeah. Yes.
2: It, it sets up so much for the end. Like, Hero gets in Wing Zero. Wu Fei is, like, ready to stop Hero. Rulina and Meremia get to the presidential palace in Brussels. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's like. The serpents are going to Earth, and it's not the full battalion, but they're all dropping
0: in Brussels as well. So it's just like the the stage is set, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and and so like and part two ends with this, just the the music starts and Katra. So the, the music, by the way, is the music I'm going to
2: use for the uh, for the summary okay. because last impression I
0: makes me just want to fucking like punch the air. Last impression so good, two so mix fucking goaded for this one like (laughs) the the music starts katra launches the the wing zero we see um like troa and hero and duo are after after they've shut down the engines of the colony uh (laughs) hero and duo are like all right uh who wants to hit who duo punches hero in the face and hero like sucker punches him the guards come in Troa's like i i got them you know i handled it and then Hito was like laying down on the floor just bolts and immediately steals a ship to go meet wing zero mid-flight in space and it just the music gets more and more hype and then he lands on the wing zero and then gets in the cockpit and the music goes silent for just a moment and then it comes in full force and we launch right into the third part and it's so fucking good. God! But like
2: it i'm just, like I've just typed wowcour cool about over and over and over again in my notes because that's all you think of in the scene yeah
0: it it beats so much ass, and this is like if you didn't catch it before, this is where you see the reveal of the wing zero, hey, it's got literal fucking wings
1: it like they like unfurl it's, it's...
0: so cool uh-huh.
2: <laughs> it makes no fucking sense from a mechanical design no. standpoint, but it we looks... even see like. Real down hell. feathers yeah. fluttering the wings, in front of it. In the wings space. flap
0: as it departs towards Earth.
2: But like you, you see these like sort of like thrusts and jets of air. So presumably they're all like little vernier thrusters or whatever in the shape of angel wings. It's a bit silly, but I like it.
0: Who cares? The cool the robot's fucking cool. Like
2: <laughs> yeah, well, cool robot. Well, come on, we're tapping well,
0: cool the damn sign. Uh huh.
2: Um. Part three. Absolutely. All right, let's fucking finish this up. <gasps> End of world Part Three. In Brussels, the presidential palace sinks into the earth, its impenetrable shelter fully activated. As Wu Fei flashes back and remembers how he originally piloted the Shenlong in defiance of the original Operation Meteor plan to drop his own colony on earth, he arrives and they face off as they plummet to earth, arguing about the place of a soldier in a peaceful world. Meanwhile, Duo breaks free from prison and heads to Earth with Troa and Sally, after she rescues hostages taken by the Maramea forces. Miliardo and Noin fight an army of serpents in Brussels, however their fight is more difficult as they are only disable the enemy's suits and refuse to kill. Catra, Troa, and Duo recover their Gundams and return to Earth to back up Miliardo and Noin. As a crowd in Brussels watch the battle on a giant screen, Rolina tries to take over the Broadcast and addresses the people only to be cut off by Deku. Dorothy appears and riles the crowd up, helping them to realize that true peace can't be given and that they need to prove that they have earned it, and her convoy of trucks pulls up to take them deeper into the city to protest at the Meramea forces. As the Gundam team run out of ammo fighting the Serpents, Hero reactivates Wing Zero for the final time and it flies over the bunker, firing on it with a Buster Rifle and nearly collapsing it. Wing Zero is destroyed in the process, Gun infiltrates the shelter and is able to save Relina and Meramea, but Dekim, who also survived the collapse, attempts to shoot Relina, but Meramea takes the bullet for her, realizing the evil of her actions. Before he can shoot again, one of his own men take him out for betraying Trace's ideals. Hero now appears and shoots at Meramea with an empty gun and says he no longer needs to fight. It is now AC-197. The world is once again at peace,
0: and the Gundams were never seen again. They were definitely never seen again, except
2: for when we made more. oh fuck! oh, oh fuck! We, ass. we, we, we did were, it there again. Were no more I
0: waltzes w- and no more Gundams. Can I? Can I read the line word for word? Hang on. Yeah. Yes. After Colony One Nine Seven, peace has returned to the people, and from this point on in history, weapons called mobile suits, including the Gundams, were never seen again. Hey, bud, are you sure about that? you <laughs> are making Jim
2: off his face. <laughs> I mean, there's... Are, do you mean to tell me... There's, do you mean to tell me that history is much like an endless waltz with the three beats of War, Peace, and Revolution carrying on forever?
0: <laughs> the, okay, so the fact that... Well, I can't say fact. I'm not I'm not for sure on this. But the, the fact of the matter that they released Endless Waltz assuming it was a definitive end to the AC timeline... Yes, and then, and then frozen teardrop <laughs> happens, and the end Here's of this the thing, movie though. is so much more poignant as a result. It's unbelievable. Exactly, it's better because they added to the it universe. Is. Because it's unbelievable it, it, how the more they do for Gundam Wing, the the better it makes Gundam Wing retroactively. It's fucking insane.
2: Please stop praying for my grandpa. <laughs> He's getting too powerful. That's what oh it my is. God.
0: <laughs> um, it's
2: it's like. It it really is like I don't know I, I I know that Gundam Wing is effectively the writer saying w- war is bad yeah and that, thinking that's what Gundam's about but the fact that like and like Endless Waltz takes a, a, a much more cynical approach to it a much more realistic approach is like yeah you can have peace until you don't right. because you can't like it I mean. And and the thing is, one thing I really like about it is that they don't constantly say how it's human nature to fight. Yes. I mean, Wufei does, but, yeah. you know, he's a misogynist. Um, but they don't hammer it in that human nature is just fighting like every other Gundam series does, which I really appreciate it. Yeah. Like, ah,
0: ah, God, this movie was cool. It's really so, good. Um, and my-
1: the biggest part I have for this is just a reminder of how much Wufei sucks shit and I hate him as a character. This fucking guy. Yeah, so this so is its really okay.
0: early on in part three. We get Wufei's backstory and mm-hmm. he basically is talking to Master Long about like, oh, they're going to drop the colony. And he's like, I'm not on board with that. So he goes and steals Ultron and... <laughs> yeah, not Shenlong because we forgot to animate Shenlong. It's fine. It's fine. uh It's it's uh fine. <laughs> but he's like, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't want to drop a colony. He doesn't think that's the right way to handle it. So he steals the Gundam, and he's like, I'm gonna figure it out in a different way. I'm gonna handle it in a different way that doesn't require all of these needless deaths. So Immediate he does,
1: hard cut to hard cut
0: to him being <laughs> on with the people who are gonna drop a colony yep why <laughs> oops it's like uh it, I, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all
2: wufei is misguided and it feels like the show is struggling to effectively portray this misguided youth in a way that isn't like baffling to the audience like yes i understand that wufei is misguided and like is like figuring out what he believes in at the cost of the safety and lives of everyone around him. But like it's there's a better way they could have portrayed that, and I can't think of that way right now. But there is no reason so at much of all of his he character, should have been on
0: Dakim's side. He's saying yeah. he's following Trace's belief and that's why he's following, you know, Maramea or whatever. We don't we don't know well enough what Trey's belief was what Wu thinks Trey's belief was, he's not fighting for the or strongest why side. He's not. He
1: would be fighting for Trey's beliefs to begin with, because yeah. that was already a question we had at the end of the actual series.
2: It's, it's, it's because he loves Trays now, because Trays remembered that ninety nine, yeah, eight hundred ninety nine thousand six hundred minutes of people like, died. Fuck.
0: It's so weirdly handled, and Wu character the entire time has never landed on a thing that made sense which is super unfortunate Mm -hmm. and it came through in the movie too he's he's the the flashback is literally counter to what exactly he's doing now and and it's just i i swear to god like that has to be a mistake or like it it doesn't even resolve it doesn't resolve at the end of the fucking movie it doesn't make any sense
2: you have to like read into it because you we can boil down wufei's entire arc in the movie to be like, I'm a soldier. I only know fighting. I don't want peace in this world because then people like me, all the restless souls will have nothing to do. So I'm going to keep on fighting and keep on making sure the world's a bad place. Oh, shit. If I pe- make things pe- keep on fighting, colonies will get destroyed. I'm good now. That's it.
0: Yeah. It, That's his arc. His whole deal is, you know, the the world is peaceful, which means he's been discarded. And he doesn't like that. And I get that. But hey, uh, that happened to Zex too, and he joined the Preventers. He got better, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like that, ultimately, oddly enough, is where Wu ends up. But like, how did Sally not reach out to him, or or something? Like Wu whole plot—he literally movie, did, even leading up help- to like his fight with Hiro. It doesn't. His fight with Hiro is specifically the place where he manages to state his ideals out loud. He he's like, okay. The world is at peace. They have cast me aside. So what am I supposed to do? Because I need to fight. It is the only time. And Hiro, you can feel it too. When you're fighting, it is the only time you feel valuable, right? And so it's like, okay, Fei, that is like the first time you said anything that makes any fucking sense. But at the same time, there's shit going on. Like the preventers that are fighting. They are actively working to protect this peace, which is what you wanted in the first place it's it's baffling and maybe i'm looking at it the wrong way but man, man wufei is just such a frustrating character if the movie spent more time
2: focusing on wufei instead of relegating his entire arc to like the final third of the movie outside of him just joining Dekim, i think we could have gotten something more satisfying but it it's like Part of the other reason they made Endless Waltz is like, we gotta fucking tie up Woofei. Everyone
0: else is fighting, except for this little misogynist freak. I, I think it's a failing of both the movie and the show because yeah. his story didn't make sense where it ended in the show, and that's what they were left to work off of for the movie. Uh huh. And so it's just like, okay, uh, you're doing this because Trey's is haunting you, I guess. Wh- whatever, man. Yeah,
2: it's like I'm fine with him just being a bad character. I'm not saying I can fix him. It's just like a lot of the last part of this movie is dedicated to tying up Wu Fei's story, and there's just like it got it, it was at the point where there was no way to do it well, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just weird, especially with the end with Wu Fei being using Ultron to like back up the human riot or the human protesters yeah. against the serpent suits yeah super super
0: super weird so but like yeah, again they, like, that would they have...
1: move his character so quickly and i feel like if it wasn't for the bit earlier on in this part like that would have made more sense but they already showed us that he's still trying to figure his shit out like it was mm-hmm. just another quick character turn that was odd i don't know yeah i think that yeah, like, i think I... what you said is right i think they just gave up with Wufei. I think they just like <laughs> couldn't figure it out, and they're like, fuck it, whatever.
2: Yeah, deadline's coming up. We gotta do something. We <laughs> oh gotta have this
1: boy in this goddamn anime somehow. I will
0: say, uh, I regardless that. of the trouble with Wufei's story, we got to see him fight Hiro, which, like... It was good. While it was good. not entirely necessary, necessary by circumstance because they're on opposite sides of the thing. Great, whatever. Cool-ass fucking fight. And yeah, I can certainly appreciate that. Um we we get to see the Ultron use its like dragon heads, and I love the way they're integrated because the like red chain that attaches the dragon head to the arms is very like rope like, almost like a like a rope dart. The the fight's very cool and very satisfying, aside from the like challenging ideology and trying to understand Wufei's mishandled character <laughs> yeah i mean we don't get many fights
2: in the movies right we get tall geese versus a rock we get versus hero and then we get like all the gundams versus an army of serpents and then we get uh wing zero versus a bunker but yeah. that's not quite a fight um
0: there I mean there's, Again, there's it's a like, decent amount of action, cause before There's a fuck ton of action. Before the before the Gundams even make it back, it's just Zex and Noin. It's literally just the tall geese and that Taurus uh taking on a bunch of serpents. And this is uh I really like that they don't tell you that they're doing it right away, but if you're paying attention, um the like head sections of the serpents are getting cut off. Or they're being struck very strategically, and they show you the pilots in the cockpit as it powers down instead of just exploding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my god! I really love and it. That is, it's it. That is such a perfect example of show don't tell. I mean, they do tell you, unfortunately, yes. but well, like... they,
1: they do eventually. But especially like when the boys show up and they're like joining them in yeah. this like attempt. Um, but it's so it's so subtle it's when you so realize you're good when you realize what they're doing. It's not even when you realize what they're doing; it's when you realize you've already realized what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they've been showing it to you. It's it's really cool. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's like,
0: and it. it, it, (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's crazy because (laughs) at at first, Dakim is like, "Oh, we're like on a back foot. Like they're taking out all of our troops." Uh, He's trying to strategize and relocate more troops to different positions. And then we start to see what's going on and realize that steadily Zex and Noin are getting overwhelmed because of how they're fighting. Yeah, that's what I love. That's what's so effective about this. You have three Gundams,
2: a the White Taurus, technically four Gundams because the Tall Geese is a Gundam. Yeah, I don't give yes, a shit absolutely. what anyone else says. Tall Geese 3 you have four is the Gundams most Gundam, in, Gundam
0: of the Tall Geeses.
2: Yeah, you get four Gundams in the White Taurus. And like, I think by the time the Gundams, uh, the three Gundams roll in. There's 150 taurus yeah. or 150 serpents left, yeah. and like in the show, that'd be no fucking problem. But like, th- th- it so effectively shows that they are no longer fighting to kill, and that is what causes them to essentially mm-hmm. lose the battle. And like, the, they
0: get cornered. The fucking reveal of the Gundams on the battlefield is so fucking good too. All of yes! the action shots with them are absolutely fucking incredible. And th- the other thing, they show up and they start fighting exactly the way and Noyan are fighting without being told they they know exactly they know exactly what they need to do they know the situation they're in they know how they need to handle it it's god it's so fucking good and uh it's i think it's um like as they're launching to get back onto earth troa gets in heavy arms and he says this is how operation meteor should be And then the Gundams launch and it's reminiscent of like the first time you see the Gundams launch because I think there's three red streaks as they head back toward Earth. It's oh my God, there's there's so much wonderful shit. (laughs) It's it's
2: it's so good.
0: Um, Troa
2: has the half clown mask on heavy arms just because he had them build a Gundam sized clown mask. It's
0: very good. It's not on for long either. (laughs) It just
2: yeah, it falls
0: off. It falls off immediately. <laughs> it's wild. Um, this is um, not not to go like point by point, but as as they're fighting, it begins. Uh, like Dekim begins broadcasting the fight, and so this is where we start moving into like the ideology. We see the the crowd watching this fight. Relina tries to butt in and gets cut off, but people are are seeing this fight and Dekim is basically just broadcasting it to get people's attention, to get as many people watching as he can before he tries to tell them, like, hey, you see these idiots fighting? Guess what? They're going to lose, and you should all surrender to me. And so it's like, oh, okay, Dekim's not going to be able to drop the colony, but he's still going to try to get the people of Earth to surrender to him for whatever reason. Like, his plan has shifted, but uh, he's still trying to come out on top because he believes there's some way, like... Dekim's total goal in this is that the victor of a battle gets to rule, essentially. And so he's trying to win the fight so people will follow him. And that's ultimately mm-hmm. his goal for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, Be- eh, whatever.
2: Because every mobile suit on earth that we know of is in Brussels right now. Yeah. So, like, if he wins this battle, there's no one else to fight against him. Yeah. And everyone is, you know, lamenting and despairing. And then. Motherfucking Dorothy Catalonia shows up. Okay.
1: In her solid gold fucking pickup truck. She is. Not even, not even the pickup fucking pickup truck. It's a f- fucking semi. It's, it's it's a semi, and then there's like five others that show up, but those aren't gold, so we don't give a shit so about those. This,
0: yeah, yeah. It's only the gold ones for her. I don't care for Dorothy uh, in the show. <laughs> really? new in, in the show. Dorothy in this moment makes fucking sense. She is she is saying what she's always been saying, but she is saying it to the fucking public. She's like, hey, yeah, you guys had peace. This guy is trying to fuck that up. Get in my truck. Let's get over there and tell him to fuck off. You need to step up. You need to do something to preserve this peace. And the people are like, hey, yeah, I think she's fucking right. (laughs) It's Dorothy has like her fight
2: with Katra. She's like, you know, basically accepted that it's okay to actively and publicly want peace. Yes. So now she's using her fucking really high level of charisma mm-hmm. and persuasion to tell, like, to basically almost, like, nag the crowd into <laughs> yeah. going with her. Yeah. Like, she's like, she's like, run to Merima, run to Mayor Maya, as if your dog's running to their master.
0: Yeah, she calls, no, She calls you're not even dogs, you're your just a waggy crowd. tail. She calls them literal bitches.
2: <laughs> it's fucking great. And, like, and... This is what the the crowd is like. Oh fuck, she's right. The the blood elf is right. Yeah. We gotta <laughs> fight. We gotta prove There's that we need one desire person and in the crowd.
0: Peace. Specifically says, I guess peace isn't something that's just handed to us. Oh, you think? Well, thanks, guy. Mm. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, okay. S- specific shout outs to the entrance uh, of this battle. I I kind of glossed over it, but I really really need to mention. The Death Scythe like Hell shows up in just pure silhouette against the moon and then flares out its devil bat wings and then enters the fray. On top of that, the heavy arms gets shot at a couple times and the heavy arms itself does Troa's signature flip. It's so good. I love G Gundam. I'm glad they put it in this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, We okay. I I feel like the next like really big thing to talk about here yeah, it's
0: it's Post Hero and Wufei's fight where the the zero boots up. Mhm.
2: He at the bottom of the ocean and and I think like when he was downed by Wufei he even like thinks to himself how many more times must I kill that girl and her dog. Yeah,
0: okay, that like, fucking he's, he's tired hurt, of it dude. too.
2: Yeah. That, God, that
0: shit hurt him. That moment
2: hits. He like he flies up. They're in the presidential bunker. Uh And and they get a they get a radio message. they are like, hey, there's a uh, there's a Gundam up top. He's wanting to talk to us. (laughs) And it's this pose. This pose is fucking sick. It's Wing Zero, Mm -hmm. wings splayed out, double Buster rifle, punched together, legs like pointing forward, aiming downward directly at the bunker. Hero radios deck. Is your shield active? Yeah. It's-
0: and they say they say yes and hero goes i bet and <laughs> fucking fires this is the most hero yui ass shit he's like okay i'm glad your shield's active i'm glad the civilians anyway, are going to be- i'm glad the civilians are going to be safe that's why he asked he wanted to make sure the civilians in that building would be protected and he targets very very specifically and fires the shield like crackles with some energy And everyone's like, oh, my God, the shield held. Oh, thank fucking God. And then Hero's like, round two, bitch, and fires again. (laughs) And someone... When he fires a second time, the Wing Zero's left arm breaks
1: off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Wing Zero's literally falling apart. And one of Dekim's men is like, he's firing within, like, a millimeter of precision. This is unbelievable. If we take a third hit, we're absolutely fucked. We are fucking
2: under attack, and right before he fires the final time, he gets like like a frame of the girl and and her dog, and he like jerks the gun to like to the left slightly and fires the third time, which still busts open the bunker and like causes it to collapse, mm-hmm. not in a lethal way, but like also Wing Zero is fucking toast. Wing Zero it gets fades dusted away, like
1: in the bright light, it is it's very gone. fucking cool.
2: <sighs> And like we, we, we cut to the bunker as it's collapsing and somehow Un okay. has infiltrated the bunker and is able to
0: tackle Rulina and Mayor Mayor so, to safety as some rubble would have fallen on them. So it's like the last like five minutes of action, not of the movie specifically, but like the last five minutes of action in this movie are just fucking nuts because Hiro starts firing on the bunker. Hiro fires a second time. Wing Zero's arm pops off. He fires a third time and annihilates the bunker. Lady Un, as this building is collapsing, dives out of nowhere, very much like the end of the show. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, get down Mr. President, but she saves Relina and she saves Maramea. And mm-hmm. then shit just keeps happening. This is, this is the, 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 the
2: fucking ideology corner now. Like this is when Dekim is like, alright, ten minutes left in the movie, I gotta show how I'm the real villain all along now. Um, cause Mayor Maya she's like completely shocked by Hero right now. Like she didn't believe he was gonna fire in the first place. And then when she kind of looked over at Relina, she's like, uh oh. Again, that's how she kind of knew the hero was gonna do the thing. But because of this, like, I guess this is her realizing, wait a minute.
0: War is bad. Yeah, this this <laughs> child was shaken to her fucking core, and Dekim starts barking at her to claim her victory because the serpents have essentially like Tro is out of ammo. Finally, by the way, like 20 minutes of him just firing, he's out of ammo. Uh huh. Death Scythe seems to be like battered a little bit. Noin is kind of cornered. We don't know, like, you know, Togis is, is out of ammo or whatever. Dekim is. It's won. He's won the fight, and he's commanding Maramea to come claim her victory, and she's still in shock, but she starts walking over toward him. And Lady Una's like, I protected you because you are Trey's daughter, and I'm sorry, but I need to slap some sense into you. And instead of an adult slapping a child, another child slaps the child.
2: is <laughs> like, I can't let you put that on your hands, <laughs> and then
0: I- I'll do it yeah she she slaps the shit out of marimera and she's like you felt real fear you understand the situation now you know this isn't just some game and Maramea's is like okay yeah Dekim's like all right fuck <laughs> I'm it seven all right fuck it relina time for you to die uh you have way too much sway in this world pulls a gun on her aims fires marimera jumps in front of the fucking bullet
1: a seven year old oh, i got emotional about it genuinely it- like, it's
0: actually sad. It's yeah. Also it's legitimately surprising. Maramea's final act is not necessarily an act of mercy, but it's like she decides that it's not like it's more important that Relina live, which is fucking yeah. wild. She hate, she's 7 by the way. She's
2: fucking 7 years old. like and 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 basically as she does this, she's like she says, it's not the victor that moves the hearts of people. Yeah, like she has adopted like maybe the most sort of effective part of Trace's whole stance of like people like a loser. Yes, that that is where and, it
0: finally comes to fucking fruition. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, male male loses. Like, Lady Un is like tending to her wounds uh or i think maybe Rolina is tending to her wounds and lady un is like okay dakim time for you to die jesus you need to be taken care of she points a gun we cut to a gun firing <laughs> and then we see that it wasn't lady un who fired it was someone who worked in dakim's forces who was loyal to trey's kushranada who took uh-huh. him out he's like uh-uh no way like i think dakim gets fucking headshot he here just gets blasted
2: he gets in the fucking brain up. yeah like and but before the the most insane thing that he says before he gets shot is like I can always make another Maramea. Yeah, hey. So, so
0: Marameo was like huh? a clone. <laughs> Marameo was a test tube
1: baby. What's going on here? I don't. Okay, no, I, there's, there's a don't lot of question think, marks there. We don't have a lot I of don't think that's... No, I think I think that's more in like a theory rather than actually a clone. Like he can. Manipulate another child to do and be a figurehead yes. more so, e- exactly. than is a clone or is XYZ. Like, because what are you, Canadian? M- uh, my girlfriend <laughs> is. I'm sorry,
2: Min- Mineva. Mineva, we we learned after Zeta and Double Zeta. Maneva was the body double, yes. She that wasn't the real Maneva. The real Maneva is is fucking. She's hanging around doing banana. some other,
0: shit and, um, you know, we'll run into her yeah. eventually,
2: but but like, yeah, Dekim's saying, I made you, I can make another one of you. I like that. To me, that's not like I'm gonna clone you. I think that's more like I'm gonna find another kid. Oh, and like that
0: makes way more sense. I I have literally okay. I think I've seen this movie three times now, and I've never read it like that. So I think my own headcanon was that she was like a clone or whatever, and I was just kind of pushing that. Mm -hmm. But I that makes way more (laughs) sense.
2: The thing that there's a wrench into it is that we literally saw. We know that Mayor Maya is the daughter of Leia Barton and Trace because yeah. of Troa's flashback with the real Troa. But well, at least
0: at, at le- least looking Leia at- Barton's daughter. We know that much.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah. So, like, who's to say that Dekim can't find another impressionable seven-year-old kid and like you know fuck her up in the head and fill her with these visions of Grandeur and like be the puppet master once again and like you know the the. The, the soldier who kills him is realizing, oh, he just wants to do war so he can, like, be on top. That's yeah. not what Trey's wanted. Bye-bye, honey. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It also um, it's- kind of calls back to something dekim says. I think he says it in, like, the first act where he talks about how Cans was kind of incompetent and, like, yes. his calculations were wrong. Like, his plan was wrong. His calculations were wrong. And dekim's basically like, oh, I'm going to do your shit but better. And it still didn't mm-hmm. fucking work out for him.
2: I know. Better's not good enough. But like, at, at this point, hero comes in. You know, Merimea is shot. Dekim is dead. This- And hero like- pull,
0: This is This is so fucking this good. This actually fucking rules. Of all the things <laughs> that happened in this movie, to get to this point and the payoff of this moment is fucking phenomenal. Because Hiro Yui walks in, points a gun at Merimea Kushunada, pulls the trigger, and nothing happens. And Maramea, who has previously been shot, dies. And Hiro Yui says, I have killed Maramea Kushunada. Mission accomplished. And fucking collapses.
2: Yeah, he doesn't
0: have to kill anymore.
2: He He'll never kill again. He doesn't
0: have to fight
2: anymore.
1: He's done. My boy can fucking he's rest. He's, he's he can definitely... rest. And, and
2: it's Rolina who grabs him as he collapses, <laughs> he's too. He's definitely
0: done for sure. For sure.
2: Oh, and then Un says that Mare May is still alive, by the way. Yeah. Mare May is fine, actually. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Um but like we we get this sort of like montage of all the uh Mae soldiers, like after because we earlier we got the scene of all of the uh protesters in Ultron, like, you know, yes. staring at the, the serpents hard enough for them to get out of their suits shamefully and they put all their guns and their hats into a pile and burn them. And like it's again, it would be had we not gotten Frozen Teardrop and had the universe not proven itself to continue the endless waltz of war, peace, and revolution, it would have been like a kind of uh, another, like, really nice, happy ending. But knowing that, and even without that context, it's like, oh, we have peace until we don't. Like, this is it, it contextualizes all of it in such a nice way for yeah, me. Yeah,
0: this is like, if you look into it, if you look at it in the right light, this is exactly the kind of bleak-ass ending Tomino would have wanted. And, like, I'm glad that he didn't write it, because fuck him. Someone else did it better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but it's, like, genuinely, it it shows that, you know, frozen teardrop aside, it shows that the people of this world now realize, hey, we have to fight to maintain the peace that we have, but we know what we're fighting for, we know how to approach it, and because they're getting people to literally throw away their guns and as we see the gundams get obliterated like these people are committing to that and i think that's one of the yeah. most important and like g- genuinely most powerful things that happens is it 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 ends like it truly very clearly seems to end here and this is D- so, like this is like as we as we approach the end of the movie this is the closure that i wanted so desperately at the end of wing this is what we didn't get in episode 49 because episode 49 we got like 20 seconds of closure but we get a scene for everyone we get a scene for everyone and i could not be happier with with how things turn out like it's we get duo so so the music starts up again um I can't. What's the name of the song, Max? Uh, last Impression. Last Impression starts again. And we get one last impression of each of these characters. We get Duo bartering for Scrap. And he ends up going off to lunch with Hildy. Which, hey, Hildy's in this fucking movie. <laughs> Yay! Did you forget? Um, it's, like... It's just so good to see. And we get, like... Katra and the Magwanak like, working on construction and rebuilding, which means Katra's following in his father's footsteps of, like, actual altruism on the ground, and he's continuing to work with the Magwanak who have supported him for so long. Tro is at the circus doing dope shit with Catherine. Uh, Sally and Wufei, like, Wufei has a job as a preventer now. They're out, like, scanning the horizon off to put out another fire, and, like, we actually get closure for wufei a little bit which is very nice we get zex and noine on their way for a trip to mars uh to help terraform and they're just Yay. on their flight playing chess together knowing never left his side she waited a year and two days to see him again and they're they're together again and it's great and then relina is, again, continuing her work in in politics to help maintain the peace that she has strived so hard for. It's all genuinely so good. And then we see Hiro in what looks like like Shinjuku Square somewhere in Japan, something along those lines. He just happily says, mission complete. And the camera zooms out and fades to black. And it's like, fuck yeah. We get closure for fucking everyone. Thank you. It's
1: good.
2: (laughs) And it's in such a good way. And it's so it feels so weird to say that I'm glad that we have that threat of knowing shit's going to go wrong again. But that just makes the ending that much more like it feels like an earned happy ending because I know it won't last. I guess that feels like a weird way to say it. But like
0: it's it's what it's the ending the show needed. I think. Absolutely. I I cannot agree with that more. Good fucking movie. Goddamn.
1: Uh, yeah. Like I said at the beginning, like. Merry Christmas. Genuinely. <laughs> genuinely fucking redeemed the end of the show for me.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, also the president in uh, in, in the movie looked a lot like Steve Martin. That was kind of cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't know if either of y'all noticed it, but yeah. like I only referred to no the. idea. The, like the actual earth president that Relina hangs out with as Steve Martin. Huh. Oh, there you go. I'll see if I can find him on the wiki because it's kind of funny.
0: <laughs> but, um. I am like, I'm, yeah, I'm tearing God. up a little bit again. I just, it's nice. This movie is the reason that I love wing. And I think the reason that I went into wing so excited and the reason I've been so enthusiastic throughout most of it is because there is this ending. The ending of wing mm. isn't great. And there are tons of parts of wing that are just fraught with like issues and and trouble but it has that, like, core to it that if you like it, you're probably going to stick around. And if you stick around, this is your payoff, and it's such a fucking reward. <laughs> like, it is. I, uh, Endless Waltz has such a special place in my heart because of everything it does to make Wing retrospectively better. Good movie. Absolutely.
2: I, I really like, I I know we're all just kind of talking in circles now, but just like... <laughs> I, I'm really happy that I got to watch a Gundam movie that didn't make me as mad as Char's Counterattack yeah did. also and I mean if I were to rank if I were to rank all the Gundam movies I've seen I think Halfway would still be at the top just because oh, that's just so fucking f- rad fucking
0: for sure um but also personal vindication <laughs> because much like the end of uh Gundam Wing where we get you know like a few sparse mentions of Operation Meteor <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Operation Meteor count for this entire movie is, like, 14. Uh, That's, like, more as much as the actual show, show basically. Yeah, it is is in the range of, like, 12 to 15. So I I did lose track of it after a little bit, but I definitely tracked at least uh, 13, 13, 14. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, the vindication for my bit... (laughs) Is just extremely is real. This
2: movie. <laughs> and that's the and that's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Full so, circle.
0: You know, hundred and forty push-ups, hundred and forty sit-ups. Everyone get to it.
2: <laughs> Do it. Um Damn, and now we have one we have one more episode and we're done with Wing because we're not gonna read
1: Frozen Teardrop.
0: <laughs> and that's okay. I saw
1: it. I prefer it this way, but I did see in the mailbag somebody was posting summaries for us to read during That's recording. Um, yeah, there there are there are a few things
0: it. that are just like straight questions or mentions of shit that happens in Frozen Teardrop. We will survive. It's, we'll
1: make it. I believe in us.
0: We'll make it. Thank God. Um, I fucking love Gundam Wing so <laughs>
2: much. Oh, <laughs> my, yeah. My, my my final review: Endless Waltz better than Char's Counterattack. Hey that is all that i can fucking ask for yeah i
0: I, I think we talked about this in the discord a little bit uh earlier prior to recording and i i know wing is a mess and i know it's not everyone's favorite and that's fine but i cannot believe that i've been able to share this with y'all and my biggest ask is that no one walks away from this thinking wing is like trash because I, I don't think it is. I think Wing has merit to it. And I think it's worthwhile. It is by no means the best Gundam. It is by no means like the greatest, you know, shonen show. But it is, um, it's very special to me. And I'm just grateful that I got to share it with y'all. <laughs>
2: I'm glad, I'm glad that Wing ended like this. Because it's just, it like, it really, I,
1: I'm going to say it. Gundam Wing is good. Hell yeah. Agreed hard agree like i i came into this already having a ton of nostalgia for it obviously and i assume that's why max grabbed me for it but like yes it's really fucking good like it's not a rose tinted glasses thing for me at this point because now that i've very recently rewatched all of it yeah. and have all of the additional context from the movie i think it's just good yeah
0: yeah
2: yeah it's just like it's good to, i look i everyone knows i fucking hate nostalgia so if I can like watch something that people have nostalgia for and still enjoy it, I'm like, damn, maybe it did something smart. That's though. so interesting. I didn't, Who
0: I didn't say? know that. Um, but I'm, I'm glad we're walking away from it with like at least a smile.
1: <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
2: I mean, if we keep on talking about nostalgia, I'm just gonna start getting mad about Pokemon Gen One. That's so fine. We need to, we need to end.
1: Hey Max, how do you what? What?
2: Huh? We need to, we need to end. Max huh? isn't your favorite Pokemon. <laughs> we Mr. Mime? We need to end the podcast
1: <laughs> immediately. <laughs>
2: uh we who would like to we, do plugs yeah first?
0: we don't we don't really have a like a bit to go out on so i guess let's jump no into... we talked about a whole fucking
2: movie the episode's your bit <laughs> jump into next next week is all bits because it's gonna be discussion it's gonna be ranking all the robots and it's gonna be a behemoth mailbag okay. so i uh, can't
0: wait for that uh, shit. julia you go first i need to compose myself
1: sure. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> uh, i've been julia um you can find me mostly on twitter at the crown jewels j-u-l-e-s with two underscores uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Wow Cool Podcast, which links to our Discord. Uh, that's a cool space. People talk about what they're building with Gunpla. They talk about uh, this show that we're going on through or other shows that they're watching in the Gundam universe. Cool. Check it out.
0: I'm Jared or Jay. Uh, you can find me at Pagliacci Proto J on Twitter. Um, I'm. Probably not gonna talk about Gundam much for a while. I, you know, after the mailbag and everything, I'll probably need a break. But, you know, sometimes I get really mad about, like, Monster Hunter or, you know, whatever my current obsession is, like Destiny 2. And I'll post, like, a 40-post thread about it in the span of 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, if you, like, if you like someone who has insane but very strong opinions about things, I guess uh, drop me a follow. If you do want to talk to me about Gundam, I'll be in the Gundam discord. I'll be happy to talk about all things, uh, especially how good, uh, some unloved suits are, etc. cetera. And, uh, I think that's it for me. Cool.
2: Uh, and I'm Max. You can find me on Twitter at MaxyBajillion. You can listen to my other podcasts. There's uh, Pod of Greed, my Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. There's Slappers Only, my video game podcast. We just did a really cool special episode that'll be up the day before this episode goes out uh, where we design a video game. No one else has made a podcast like that before. Um, our Idea. Original. And um, you can listen to Nevermind the Trollocs, which is about Amazon's Wheel of Time podcast. This episode's going to go up the day before our mailbag closes on January 31st. Uh, if you want to send the thing in to nevermindthetrollocs at gmail.com, give us stuff to t- talk for our final discussion episode. That would be wonderful. Um, and thank you to dot for hosting this podcast. You can listen to this and many, many, many more podcasts there. Check it out. And
0: Jared. Yes.
2: Mr. Robot of the Week.
0: My Robot of the Week is the Wing Zero Endless Waltz version. I'm nodding. <laughs> I'm smiling and I'm I don't think it could be anything else.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Very, it's, it's too very, appropriate very good this week. choice. It's too appropriate. Good fucking robot. Good fucking um, robot. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Tune in next week for the final episode of our wing coverage. Uh, and then I'm going to go to Mars for quite a bit. And that's going to be fun. Well, so. Cannot
0: wait. Hang on. You're going to Mars for a different reason than wing viewers might think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm going to Mars because I gotta get a USB drive shoved into my spine. Yeah, you gotta do the different. you gotta
0: do the Gundam matrix, not frozen teardrop. Sorry.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck all that. Um Well, as we always say, the everlasting words of uh Merimea Kutrinata Woe is bad. Wow.
1: Cool robot.
2: I was waiting for it. I'm like, is, is it is this gonna be the one where it fucks I up was, again? But no. I was
1: well, we didn't plan this one. I was just struggling with the war. is bad. <laughs>
0: I'm not gonna lie. I'm still kind of good- crying. So <laughs> it's a good bit. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs>